Uh, Psalm 50, uh, 51 in other Bibles, begins, Have mercy on me, O Lord. It is considered the psalm of repentance. Discuss how praying this psalm might affect our understanding of repentance, confession, and forgiveness. So, speaker number one, I will invite you to come forward at this time. sisters in Christ, good morning. Good morning. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Does that sound familiar to anyone? You probably heard it earlier this morning. It's the first verse of Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is one of, if not the most used psalms in the Orthodox Church. In worship, it is said three times daily, at Matins, Third Hour, and Compline, and in each divine liturgy just before the great entrance. This psalm is a prayer of repentance. Historically, the psalm is King David's confession to the God after having sinned with Bathsheba. This psalm is different than other psalms because it contains a clear message on repentance, confession, and forgiveness. Let's imagine our life as a white coat. We never take it off from the time we were baptized until now. Each time we've sinned, we've stained our coat. Praying for forgiveness with a repentant heart, each will make the sin. Hmm. Praying for forgiveness with a repentant heart will make the stain fade, but it will still be there. But when we go to confession, we're giving it a second chance, a new coat of the sort. Through the sacrament of confession, our sins are forgiven by God. Verse 2 reads, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Verse 7 continues, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Because we're only baptized once, God also forgives us our transgressions and cleanses our souls through the Holy, through the Holy Sacrament of Confession. I shall be made whiter than snow. I can't even imagine anything that would be whiter than snow. It is miraculous, the things that can be done through God. In verses 16 through 17, it reads, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. The only sacrifice God wants from us are a broken spirit and a contrite heart. He wants us to take responsibility for our sins and confess, and confess them before him. The thing is, God doesn't need us to tell him of our sins. Our spiritual coat is always visible to him. Confessing and asking for forgiveness are tools for us to prove that we recognize that what we've done is wrong. When we approach him without excuses, fully exposed, and repenting what we've done, then we can truly ask for forgiveness. In our life, our goal should be to one day be with the Lord. We spend our whole life as a journey to draw nearer to him and his everlasting love. Once we are with God, we will be able to cast off our coat and dwell with him who is sinless. Verses 10 through 12 say, Create in me a clean heart, O God, 
and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Truly, the most devastating thing that could ever happen is being apart from Christ. That is another reason why we pray this psalm for forgiveness. Sinning pushes God away. Praying for forgiveness brings us closer. This psalm brings light to the fact that we cannot do anything without his grace. In our lives, there are many things to pray for, but surely the most important thing to pray for is forgiveness. If we cannot learn to ask for forgiveness, how can we learn to forgive others? Psalm 51 is the perfect example of why repentance, forgiveness, and confession are needed in our lives. By praying this psalm, we are reminded that we can be cleansed of our sins, that the only sacrifice God wants is a contrite heart, and that without Christ, we're nothing. Try incorporating this prayer into your daily routine, and don't let your coat stay dirty. Thank you. Thank you, speaker number one. Very good. I will introduce the topic for speaker number two at this time. Using the parable of the poor widow's offering to the temple, Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4, discuss the Orthodox Christian attitude of offering to the church's ministries. money. Can't live with it. Can't live without it. This includes the church. The world today seems to require it to function. All of the church's ministries require it to do the thing that they do best, spread God's word and God's love. Now, since money doesn't grow on trees, the church asks us to donate to help the ministries function. Sometimes it ends up feeling like a requirement to people to donate to the church every Sunday. The parable of the poor widow is an example of this. The parable of the poor widow is the story of an old poor woman who walks in to donate to the church. There are a lot of rich people there who are giving lots of gifts and lots of money to the church. But when it's time for her to give her donation, all she has is a few cents. It's all she has. Jesus praises this woman and not the other people because she gave with her whole heart. The whole point of giving to the church is that you know that you are giving with all your spirit to God. Now, in the parable, Jesus says that the poor woman has put in more than all. Out of all the gifts that are stacked up for God, her gift meant the most because she was in poverty, but she still thought of the church. So how does this relate to today? Now, like most parables, it goes to the extremes to teach someone a lesson. Situations today that may look like this happen in I do happen in a diluted fashion. It may not be as obvious as an old poor woman giving all her money to the church. It may be a small child giving their money that they were saving up for a special toy. Or it may be a newlywed couple when money is tight, 
but they still allocate some of their money to give to the church. It can happen at any time. As Orthodox Christians, we must be grateful for anyone who gives to the church, no matter how much they give, because all the little donations, when put together, will create a bigger amount. Every little bit counts. We can all learn from the poor widow that no matter how little you give, the church will be grateful for your donation. As we enter the season of Lent, we are taught not to make our fasting obvious. We can also use this teaching when giving to the church. We do not need to make our donating obvious because God is the only one who needs to witness our giving. Even though the parable of the poor widow focuses on money, giving to the church does not always require money. It may also include giving your time and your talents. Now, examples of this are right here in this very room. The choir, who sings every Sunday to help lift our praises to God. The missionaries of our church, who go visit people in the prisons and go to the hospitals. And also to Guatemala to help the children in the orphanage. All of these people and many more give to God with their talents and their time. As they say, time is money. So, in a way, giving your time is like giving a little bit of money to the church. So, when all is said and done, it boils down to three main concepts. One is that you should give with your whole heart to the church, no matter. Another is that giving to the church doesn't always mean giving money. It can also mean giving time and talent. And finally, that the church is always grateful when you give. It doesn't matter the amount. Because if we all give a little, it can grow into something bigger, like the parable of the mustard seed. But that's a parable for another day. Thank you. Thank you, speaker number two. And finally, speaker number three, I will introduce the topic. The St. Nicholas Church at Ground Zero, which was destroyed on September 11, 2001, is soon to be rebuilt. Discuss the ways in which this tiny church building will now become a symbol of the universal themes of victory over evil, healing and hope, and being a beacon of Orthodox Christianity. Fathers, honorable judges, members of the congregation, good morning. The St. Nicholas Church at Ground Zero is soon to be rebuilt. I would like to share with you the ways in which this tiny church building is becoming a symbol of the universal themes of victory over evil, healing and hope, a new house of God in the center of New York, and a beacon of Orthodox Christianity. On September 11, 2001, Muslim terrorists invaded our country, bombing the twin towers of the World Trade Center in New York City, the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and crashing an airplane full of innocent people into a field in Pennsylvania. St. Nicholas Greek Orthodox Church in Lower Manhattan was buried underneath the rubble of fallen towers, depriving our Orthodox Christian brothers and sisters 
of the place of their worship. This terrorist act is another reminder of the evil that exists in this world, but through seeking and accepting our Lord, we can overcome any obstacle, restore hope, and be a beacon of Christ's light for us and others. As hard as it may be, we as Orthodox Christians are called to forgive and to keep moving forward with our lives and to, not, and to continue to not look in the past. The Lord says, Forget what happened before and do not think about the past. Isaiah 43:18. I don't think God is expecting us to completely forget what has happened, but when we have the Lord in our hearts, we can overcome any obstacle and any evil that stands in our way. Nothing should prevent us from building up our Orthodox faith, and nothing ever will, even something as horrific and evil as a terrorist attack. In Matthew 16, 18, we hear, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. When the terrorists destroyed the Twin Towers and this tiny church, they expected us to fall apart as an Orthodox community and as a nation. However, the exact opposite has occurred. Instead of drowning in sadness, fear, and anger, a new church is rising. The St. Nicholas National Shrine at Ground Zero will be a place where anyone, regardless of religious views or affiliation, can come and pray and remember those lost during the attack, as well as practice their faith. A church is more than a place to come and pray. It is a beacon of Christ's light. It is a place to seek the Lord. It is a place of personal salvation, renewal, and resurrection. When I first considered the 9-11 attacks, I was angry, shocked, and confused. Why did this happen? Could it happen to me and my family? Why would these people inflict so much pain and suffering upon innocent people? I realized after further reflection that I will likely never know why. In Psalm 27.1, we read, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? There are so many things in life that we do not understand and may not ever understand, at least until we face our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The St. Nicholas National Shrine is being constructed as we speak, and a new beacon of Christianity is rising from the very ground where death and destruction once lay. Like the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, new life begins. By seeking and following our Lord, we can overcome any obstacle, restore hope, and be a beacon of Christ's light. The healing and hope has once begun again. For Jesus has been here all along, waiting for us to find him, to listen to his word, to follow him. The St. Nicholas National Shrine is a beacon of healing and hope to all, just as the light of Jesus Christ is to Orthodox Christians everywhere. His glory shines like a lighthouse, shining with hope during the storms of life. No matter what is troubling you today, keep your eyes focused on Jesus as your beacon of healing and hope, just as Jesus' resurrection drives away any doubts of eternal life. The rebuilding of St. Nicholas Church like Jesus' resurrection, brings the sure and certain hope of our own resurrection. Our Savior shines as our beacon of healing and hope. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you also, of course, speaker number three. Uh, round of applause again for all three speakers, please.